Today, I accidentally stepped on like this tray of cat litter and I got cat litter all over the floor and into my shoes. Oh my and God. It's the sand kind of cat litter. So it was like fantastic. Disgusting. <laughs> I had to like sweep it up and that was how I started my work day. You have sand that has absorbed pee and poo. I know. I was like, thank God it's Crocs because, like, I could rinse it off because, um, gross. Hello and welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And this is Honda. And welcome to episode 37. Yes. Last week we were like, uh, I was like, um, what episode is this? Well, it's episode 37. Woohoo. Woohoo. Well, um, anything interesting? Oh, I started on a new K-drama Honda. What genre is it? Um... Comedy, romance. I don't know. Okay, so it's 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 a What's drama. The title? It's called Mister Queen. Mm, okay. Okay, so the plot of this drama is, um, in the modern day, there is this chef, right, and like something happens to him, and he gets transported. Like he get he yeah his like soul or whatever is thrown back in time and he ends up in the body of a queen in Korea. <laughs> so okay. I'm interested to find out how they're going to mitigate this because it's a guy in a woman's body and there is definitely going to be romance in this drama. Oh. That'll be interesting. Yeah, so I'm trying to... I'm watching it and it's quite interesting. Like, I think the way they do the characters is... Like, the characters are pretty well written. Like, the the, the king is meant to be, like, this very duplicitous character where he... On the surface, he's, like, a dumbass king. But underneath, like, he actually really cares about his people... Mm-hmm. And about politics and stuff. And then, like, there's, like, a whole bunch of political intrigue and whatnot. But it's not, like, super heavy. Like, one of the reasons why I don't like historical dramas, like, historical Korean dramas, is because I really cannot stand the politics. Mm-hmm. But, like, this drama is quite interesting because, like, there is politics, but it's in the point of view of like the queen and because it's this dude's soul in the queen's body right like he genuinely has no idea what's going on so he's Mm -hmm. just there trying to like cook food for like people as the queen and then there's all this political mess going around and then the king is like I don't know how much the queen knows I don't even know if the queen is like a good person or not and then the queen is just there vibing because it's not even the original queen. The audience, like, you still see the dude? 
No, as in um, you will see the the queens or the actress, but you get the internal thoughts of the guy. Oh, uh, okay. So that's interesting because like you hear the guy's voice, right? But when she speaks, mm-hmm. it's in like the the actress's voice, like the queen's voice. Uh okay, let's see. Yeah, and it's legit quite funny because like the guy is quite like fickle. Like, he's just like full of himself. So there's this one scene where he literally steps in to do something because he didn't want to be upstaged by another man who looked cooler than he was. Like he literally goes in and he's just like, I can't, I can't let this other dude be cooler than me. So I'm gonna do something to be cooler than him. And it's just so funny. Yeah. So the drama is quite interesting. It's just I'm wondering how they're going to, you know, do this whole thing about mm. the queen falling in love with, because obviously the king is gonna fall in love with her, right? But it's just how is she gonna fall in love with him? Because it's it's a guy. So there's that, and like beyond that, also is 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 the king gonna fall in love with the guy in the queen's body? Because that's a new personality. So I'm wondering about that, and I'm like curious. Hmm. I mean, I feel like it could go into like the more. How do you call it? Like. An interesting angle, but I feel like because it's in the movie, like the drama is like Korean. I feel like it won't go. That no, angle. also like you know, homosexual themes is just non-existent. Like you cannot have main characters being mm. gay or anything or implied gay or whatever. So there's that. So mm, okay, yeah, and I'm pretty yeah, sure I'll finish this drama soon. I'm on episode six out of twenty. Yeah. My God, you're actually finishing a drama. Okay, I'm Is only at episode crazy? six, so I don't know if I'll actually finish it. <laughs> true. Anyway, this you might be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's true. Usually, I will be like, I'll watch the next episode some other time, and then I never get back to it. But also, this drama apparently is based off on like a Chinese drama. But, okay, so the difference is, right, because I was reading out on the Chinese drama version, the original version, the original version was actually supposed to, mm. it, it, it's satire, so it was supposed to, like, poke fun at this genre. So the whole point of the Chinese version was to make fun of, like, these sort of, like, wacky rom-com historical dramas that don't make sense. Uh, Whereas the Korean version is, um, I guess, taking it a little more seriously. Mm. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, terrible segue, but shall we get into the story for this week? Cause it's interesting and it's an Asian crime story. I feel like we haven't done Asian crime in a while. Was it that long? I'm. I, I, see, I think it's maybe, been yeah. about. Three, four episodes, I feel. Okay, I, I think the last one was the Twitter killer. Yes. And then right. afterwards, it was... Yeah, so... We're back with <laughs> more Asian crime. Dun, dun, dun. So, I'm not sure 
if you've heard about this case before, but there is a myth that came out. There is an urban myth that sort of came out from this case. So maybe you've heard of the urban myth. But today's story is the eight immortals family murders, aka the Pogban murders, aka the Chasu Pao murders. Nope, ringing no bell. <laughs> nope. Okay, nope. so the urban myth that came out of this story was essentially that someone murdered another person and then used their meat in like pork buns into. To turn into Chasu Pao. Hmm. No. I don't think I've heard of that. Oh, you haven't? Oh, interesting. Okay, so for our no. international listeners, um, a Chasu Pao or a pork bun is basically like this <laughs> steamed sort of like... It's not really bread, but it's, it's a, like a steamed bread-like thing. That has it's not like, like a bread, but it's a steamed bread-like thing. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. Okay, let me just Google it. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's 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 steamed, and usually there's like various fillings. So sometimes the most popular ones is pork filling or chicken, but we mm. have uh, more sweet flavors. For example, like red bean or like lotus mm. paste. So the the spelling you can look is either P-A-U or B-A-O. Yeah, Pao or Bao. And it's it's a Chinese delicacy, if I'm not wrong. And it's really delicious. And like the best way to eat it is to like... So the, oh, the no. bun, the, the Pao has like this very thin like skin layer on top. Oh, so no. like... The best way to eat it is to like peel that off, eat it first, and then you go and dive in into the rest of the pao. <laughs> Asian listeners, <sighs> tell me that tell me is that not the most valid way to eat this pao? It is. I will I will you know die on that hill. You know, Chris eats nuggets the same way. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you freaking peel the skin. Until it's just the, like the meat inside and you just eat the meat by itself. That's because it's... Okay, you know what? Moving on so that you don't shame me, okay? I swear, one, I'm not a psychopath. Anyway, so on mm-hmm. August 4th, 1985, nine members of the Zeng family were working inside their restaurant when a furious man stomped into the establishment demanding for the money he was owed. Little did the... Zhang family, no, but no one would leave the restaurant alive. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is where I go in with... Dun, dun, dun. So, some context about the restaurant itself. Eight Immortals Restaurant was a Chinese restaurant in the neighborhood of Lao Hon in Macau and was connected to the Eight Immortals Hotel. The restaurant was started by Zhang Lin, who was a street before opening the restaurant in the 1960s. So he went from like this sort of humble street vendor sort of guy into like somebody who like owns a restaurant. So like, you know, good for you. Good for mm-hmm. him. Um, Thanks, family. 
actually lived very close to the restaurant and all of them would actually help out in his operations. And it's important to note that Tang and his wife were actually heavy gamblers. And oh. it well, wasn't... Well, it's Macau. Yeah, well, it's Macau. I mean, so many casinos. People literally travel to Macau just do gambling. So it's the Las Vegas of Asia. Yes, yeah, the Las Vegas of Asia. Um, so, I guess the appeal of gambling is, I guess, the rush you can get from it. Um, some people want to gamble mm-hmm. because they want to make quick money. Um, but the thing is, Tseng and his family didn't need the money because their restaurant was actually a financial success. So it wasn't like they needed the money and so they gambled. So I guess they gambled because mm. I guess they liked the thrill or they wanted to gamble. And it is with this gambling where things get sticky. <laughs> so on a night in 1984, Tang became involved with a man named Huang Ziheng. Am I doing well with these pronunciations? I am sorry. I need to see the spelling, but I think you should be okay. Okay, yeah. So, basically, in 1984, um, Tang and his wife became involved with a man named Huang Zihong. Huang was born in mainland China before coming to Hong Kong in 1970. Here's the thing, y'all. <laughs> Throughout his life, he had several run-ins with the law. And he mm-hmm. lived under various aliases, such as Chen Shuliang and Chen Yuliang. I mean, okay, I'm not sure from, like, a Chinese perspective, but to me, it's like, those names sound very similar. I don't know what you were doing, trying to, like, pick different (laughs) aliases. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, in 1973, Huang actually killed a man who owed him money. Shortly after, he moved to Guangzhou. Mm-hmm. Am I doing well? Mm-hmm. Pro- I'm so insecure about the pronunciations. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful or anything. I just, I'm doing my best with the pronunciations. <laughs> so in 1973, he killed a man and he moved to Guangzhou. While in Guangzhou, Huang actually married the daughter of his landlord. Ooh. Okay. But here's the thing, guys. He was like nearing 50 years old and her family were like, nope, we are not here for this marriage. So the both of them actually fled to Macau and eloped. So that's how he ended up in Hong Kong. Um, he even burnt off his fingertips so that authorities would not be able to oh, wow. identify him or link him to any crime and especially to the crime where he killed that man who owed him money. So this Huang guy is actually mm. quite intense. And after eloping with his, um, I guess, newlywed wife um, and going to Macau, he got involved in the local gambling scene. And this is where our story comes to, I guess, the present in which... Um, Huang and Zenglin meet. So during a night of like lots of booze and gambling, <laughs> the two men ended up in a series of high-risk bets. Oh, no. By the end of the night, 
Huang had won over 180,000 yuan. So I did some conversions. 180,000 yuan is about $36,903.28 Singapore dollars or it is 27,748.23 USD. So essentially the the debt that was racked up after this night was a huge amount of money it was more than 10k mm. and even even for somebody who runs like a successful business right like that much of money is actually difficult to pay back mm, yeah yeah because it's i mean it's gambling so it's very easy to place all these bets and like I guess hope that you win but when you lose then that's the issue yeah, lah like lose you big. cannot you lose big you want to win big you will lose big as well so obviously this was like a huge amount of money and it was something Zhang and his wife couldn't pay so they struck up a deal with Huang and they basically said that hey we can't pay you the money but if in a year we are unable to pay you back we will give over the ownership of our restaurant to you so wow. Huang was okay. like okay i guess that's like a good enough deal so they have a year to somehow make the money and pay it back if not i take their ultimate source of income which is the restaurant which would mm. imp- think would have been like as worth or even more than the debt that Tang owed. So fast forward a year and surprise, no surprise, the Tangs couldn't pay off the <laughs> debt. In fact, and this is where I was just like, are you kidding me? So the original amount that they owed Huang was 180,000 yuan, right? But mm-hmm. the Zhengs continued to like gamble with Huang and continued oh, wow. to lose money to him. What the? So in the end, right? Instead of it just being a hundred and eighty thousand a yuan, it became six hundred thousand yuan. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like triple. It's like triple, yeah. It, okay, so in my head, it was like. 30k okay like i feel like in a year you could pay it off but like 600,000 yuan which is like 60k plus plus i guess like how are you going to pay that off that's like insane and like you would expect them to like cut ties with huang and like not continue to gamble with him but I guess, you know, <laughs> nope. Nope. Anyway, so on the evening of August 4th, 1985, as the Zhang family were cleaning up their restaurant after closing early, Huang entered the establishment and demanded that Zhang pay him 30,000 yuan. So in like Huang's mind, he was like, "You know what? I'm just asking you to pay a small amount." Mhm. And Wang would later go on to say that 
he didn't actually ask for 30,000. He asked for 20,000 yuan. Like, he gave them a discount on how a much discount. he wanted them to pay first. Yeah. But Tang straight up was like, you know what? I can't pay you and I'm not going to give you the ownership of my restaurant. So, I don't know. Y'all can, um, I guess, think about was Tang in the right to do that? Or, you know, I mean, on one hand, it was, this restaurant was something that Tang, like, built up and he and his family worked hard in it. And on the other mm. hand, he did make a deal where he was like, you know what, if I can't bring it back, you can have the restaurant. So ultimately, Tang yeah. was like, no, I can't give you the restaurant. And this really upset Huang. So Huang took a beer bottle and imagine it straight up from the movies, you know, when like the character takes the beer bottle and like smashes it against like a table or something. And mm-hmm. then it's like, yeah. old jagged edge. Yeah, so that's what he did. He broke a beer bottle and then he grabbed Tang's son and held the jagged edges of the bottle to his throat. Oh, and demanded no. that the remaining family members tie each other up and then gag each other. And Oof. just for context, right? Um, Tang, I think he had a, a few sons, but they were all very young. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um. However, one of the family members actually managed to break free from their binds and began to scream for help. But this mm. only pissed Huang off more because he grabbed her and then he stabbed the the broken beer bottle in oh, no. her neck and killed her. <sighs> and then Huang, I guess he snapped um, because he work through the family methodically, he either strangled them or stabbed them with a broken beer bottle. Either way, he would end up murdering all nine members of the Tang family present at the restaurant that day. Mm. And as I mentioned, it's tragic because five of them were children. Mm. First thing is... um. Huang wanted the ultimate revenge and he knew that one of Tang's sisters was not present at the restaurant at the time. So he literally mm. went out of his way to lure her into the restaurant and then kill her. So after everything was done, Tang would then spend eight hours dismembering the bodies of his victims and then wrapping them oh, wow. in black trash bags before disposing them into the ocean or into dumpsters. Huang also essentially robbed the place. He took money and even a safe <laughs> key which he recovered from Deng Lin's body. He would then go on to place a note on the door of the restaurant saying that it would be closed for three days before staying at the Zengzer's home. The next morning a delivery truck driver came by to deliver goods when he saw the message on the restaurant's door. So he went over to the Zheng's home and he was greeted by Huang, Mm. 
who told him that the family had gone to mainland China. So the driver was like, okay, I guess. I mean, that seems plausible. <laughs> um, also, um, there wasn't a tendency to question it because like Huang was seen around the tanks quite often. So like, you know, no one thought that anything was amiss. But then, oh, okay. four days later, on August 8, 1985, um, a swimmer came across eight human limbs on a beach in Macau. Oh my god. The yeah, I, I know. I can't even imagine what, the? what it would be like for that person. Like, you just go and for like It's a, not going to be pretty. Yeah, it's definitely not. Because it's in the water. It, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So at first, the police thought, <laughs> I was reading this and I was like, okay, um, interesting. So at first, the police thought that it might be body parts from smugglers or <laughs> what? someone who was unfortunate enough to encounter a ravenous shark. Really? And a shark is like, here's an arm. Yeah, you know, I'm like. <laughs> anyway, but like Asian cops really be on another level. I know. They, someone was watching Jaws right before they got on the job, and they were like, "You know what? <laughs> I think it was a shark." They got so excited. <laughs> yeah, they got so excited. Like, oh my god, real life Jaws. But obviously, um, the police soon realized that it wasn't like smugglers or like. A shark because the the cuts on the body parts were actually very clean. They were like clean cuts, and that basically mm. suggested that it had been intentionally done in order to sever the body parts from the rest of the body. And there's only one species of mm. animal clever enough to do that, <laughs> and it is not a shark. <laughs> the police then began to look through like, the missing person's database in hopes that, you know, somebody had reported, like, like, several people missing and they could, like, find them. Um, mm -hmm. And during the investigation, they actually determined that the body parts actually belonged to four different people. The next mm, week, okay. three more body parts were found on the beach in Macau. Once again, whoever encountered it I'm so sorry to them um by the way like just a side note but <laughs> the last body parts of the Zhang's family were actually found in a trash dump in 1989 so for several years I guess um wow okay they were still finding body parts yeah at this point, um, mm. relatives of the Zhang family had actually reported them missing so eventually the police were able to link the body parts to them. And mm. while all of this was happening, by the way, Huang had actually reopened the restaurant and like, it was literally business as usual. <laughs> wow. Yeah. People were coming in, eating, leaving. You want to question why it's not the family? Okay. So here's why, okay. So the people who were eating at the restaurant were a little confused because the tanks weren't there. But mm -hmm. because the tanks were associated with Huang, right? They they were like, okay, I guess this makes sense. And also because Huang had the documents to the restaurant, to like 
documents seeking that documents of ownership to the restaurant. So people were like, uh, mm-hmm. I I honestly believe people just wanted their chasuble. Yeah, they were yeah, there, yeah. they were like, uh, as long as I get my chasuble, nothing matters. So that's what happened, isn't it? Um. Huang also rented out the dancer's home and collected money from it. So he was literally like squeezing every dollar out of this family he had murdered. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the police were like, Oof, hmm, "Interesting. This man is a little suspicious," and so they began to investigate him. <laughs> Um, they found documents belonging to Zheng Lin and his children's student ID cards in Huang's bank holdings. And realizing this, realizing that basically the cops were onto him, Huang attempted to flee Macau to mainland China, but he was caught and arrested on September 28, 1986. So like a whole year after everything happened. He was ultimately convicted of murdering 10 members of the Tang family on October 2nd, 1986. And after hearing mm. like this story, the public were like, "Um, excuse me, repeat that again? Murder in a restaurant selling chassis pao?" And this is how Uh-oh. like the urban myth of human pork buns came about. So like mm, anyone, okay. you don't have to double check your chasu pao because it's definitely there's no human meat in it. It was just an urban myth. Yes. Um. What else? Oh my gosh, I lost my place on this on my notes. Um. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so of course Huang's life wasn't going to be all smooth sailing because in prison, he got into a fight with an inmate and was sent to hospital. And while there, he tried to escape, but he failed. Oh. Yeah. My note literally says, and while there, he tried to escape, but failed. Lol, loser. (laughs) He also attempted suicide twice while in jail. And after his second attempt, he slid his wrist with a trash can lid. Um, he wrote a suicide note along with oh, the, no. the press, saying that he listen, listen, okay. So he wrote a suicide note along <laughs> with a letter to the press, saying that he was trying not to, he was trying to die, not because of his sins, uh-huh. but because. But because of his chronic asthma. What? Yeah. I have a whole You would think point. he's like repenting, but nope. Yeah. I have a whole bullet point that says TF. Like men really <laughs> when they're like, I'm sorry, but I'm not guilty about murdering like eleven people. I'm just sick and tired of my asthma. Um, but the interesting thing about this is the police, right, actually speculate that there was another person that helped Huang because there's no way that this man who was, like, in his 50s could have 
dismembered it. I mean, oh, yeah. dismembered about like ten people by himself. And even to me, it's like, yeah, okay, hmm. th- this kind of makes sense because, like, you need a lot of manpower. Mm, yeah, you do. Yeah, and he also like dismembered them in like eight hours. I think that's a bit considering it's like ten people. And yeah, anyway. Um, though we may never actually know if um any of the missing body parts, especially the unrecovered ones, were unrecovered because they were in foul. What? <laughs> I don't know why I had a bullet point. It made sense in my head when I wrote it. I think I was trying to say that like there there could be some truth to this urban myth like there could be some that there could be a possibility that um that the like the meat was used in like I mean, the buns easiest way to get rid of evidence <laughs> yeah but at the same time there's nothing to like prove it Either way, to like end off the story, um, there was actually there is a Hong Kong crime thriller directed by Herman Yao, starring Danny Lee and Anthony Wong, and it's basically based on the eight Immortals family murders. I don't know how faithful it is though. Yeah, but this film obviously like also. It's called the Untold Story. Oh, yeah, but I think this film also like sort of um, sensationalizes like the idea of cannibalism. Let me see. Do they actually? Oh my god. <laughs> Why? You know, the Chinese title of the show is like literally like like um human meat um like uh wait, human meat um cha ro cha sao bao, which is like like meat bao, like human meat bao. Oh my gosh. Look, uh, the Chinese title me. is so straightforward. <laughs> What? The voice the English one, the untold story. Do you have you seen the 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 poster? I see oh, one with this. Okay, there are two posters I see. One is when where the dude is actually holding like the pals up. Anyway, this film is like super brutal. Is it like this? You know, we'll put up these pictures on the, on like our Instagram. Yeah, but well, that's the story of the eight immortals family murder, aka the pork bun murders. No human flesh was 
placed in pork buns and fed to people. So there, so that's a good thing, I guess. So, Hanai, do you have any thoughts on this case? Makes me want to go Macau. <laughs> oh go my Macau. god! <laughs> I don't know why, but my brain doesn't process Macau as being a part of Hong Kong. Like my brain is just like. I don't know. He keeps thinking that Macau is in Thailand. <laughs> Why? I it's don't like know. Boat, it's like a boat ride away from Hong Kong, Australia. Yeah. yeah uh, oh, well, I don't know. I feel like I've been to I actually Macau. enjoyed Macau, though. Mm. It's like I, I was away from the casino site, so it was like not bad. And there's quite a few heritage sites. Oh. So, well, you didn't go there to gamble, I guess. <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, well. Yeah, so that's the story of the eight immortals family murders. Hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HGU Podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening <laughs> to this episode and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Next week is special because it's the end of the month. Which means it's both a crime and paranormal story. Saying this so that we remember <laughs> to do it. Oh my god. And then we forget anyways. Okay, we you forget. are doing the paranormal. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Can't wait. Alright, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.